the System Save Me podcast shares how business owners navigate their way to success through processes, systems, and routines. Your host, Jordan Gill, is behind the scenes of top business owners who travel the world while earning six and seven figures a year. There's a method to the madness. It's called systems. So let's get down to business. Welcome to episode number 52, where we're going to be talking all about getting sponsorships and planning successfully for your events. But first, I want to talk to you about an upcoming project I'm working on. It is called the Systems Save Me Summit, and I am curating all my system sisters to create a really, really awesome event in August for free. So if you want to get on the waitlist, go to systemsavemesummit.com slash waitlist. Now, if this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a regular, fabulous. Either way, we'd love it if you left us a review on iTunes as we love hearing from our listeners. And if you don't want to miss out on the next episodes, be sure to subscribe or go to systemsaveme.com for show notes and freebies. Now let's get ready to dive deep into event planning. Hey, y'all. I'm so excited to share this guest with you today. Uh, She's a a fellow Dallasite. I don't even know if that's a word, but we're going to go with it, fellow Texan. That's a little easier to say. Uh, Miss Lacey is a power player in the PR space, and um, I became familiar with her work from various people in the Dallas area. Um, she's so well-connected, and I just was like, I have to do something with her. I don't even know what it is. And we ended up doing work together with social media, and it was, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, and so, Lacey, how are you doing today? I am doing just fine, and I'm thinking, Jordan, you are talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) You're doing that little introduction, but thank you so much for those kind words. Yes, absolutely. Uh, And so let's go ahead and just have you shoot off a couple details about you and your business. All right. So like Jordan said, I am a fellow Texan born and raised here in Dallas, and so I just find this home. And so what best to start off a business is to start here, start home, start with the people that you're familiar with. And so that's what I did. I um, started the People's Voice PR agency, kicked it off officially under my brand last year. So we are coming up on a year in August and we're going to celebrate. Um, But basically I work with creatives, creatives that are trying to get to the next level, that are trying to grow their business, whether it's with social media strategy, whether it's with getting their brands out in front of magazines, getting some press coverage, those type of things. They just want to be visible. And so that's kind of what the people's voice is all about. Yep. Love it. And the name even is great. People's voice PR. Like it's just, it's so great. Y'all need to check out her website too. Her branding is like super on point. Anywho. um, So we are going to get into um, her process around event planning because that is definitely one of her specialties. um, And she does an amazing job for some really cool businesses um, that range in fashion and food and fitness and all, all the F's, I guess, um, that I just named. Um, and so go ahead and kind of describe what your clients' businesses look like before you start doing event planning for them. So have they already started the process? Are they like total blank slate? Kind of what's, what's it looking like for them? Um, A lot of my clients are blank slates. Um, I come in and they are basically trying to get started. Um, And so a lot of times, even though they say the first thing I want to do is throw an event, I want to do something, let people know I'm here. And so I have to kind of back them up a little bit. I have to say, hey, you know, what are you doing first? Where where are we? Where are we with the the website? Where are we with the strategies? If you're not visible, then you're not going to get anybody to come to the event. So that's the first thing that I kind of have to do 
with my clients when we're starting out. And so I'm coming in, basically almost building a strategy for them to launch and then go into the uh, event process. Ah, gotcha. So kind of they're, they're kind of jumping the gun and you're like, listen here, <laughs> like we got to do a couple, couple steps first. Uh, yeah. So then kind of what, what is it in their mind that finally drives them to be like, I need an event um, for this launch or for whatever it is that they need an event for? Um, a lot of times it's my questioning. It's me asking mm -hmm. them what they have in place uh, before they even go into the event space. And a lot of times that's when they say I have to back up and start at square one and let's properly launch this piece, whether it's building a campaign, whether it's starting to um, get your website and get some, you know, visibility out there, doing some social media posts, just talking about your business. Because a lot of times people don't start to connect their business. They just start to just do. And yeah. first I try to back up and say, hey, let's connect and let's talk about what you're doing first. What is your vision? What is your mission? You know, who are your target audience? Those type of things is what I want to let them, you know, focus on first. Then we go into the do's, you know, what's next? What should I do next from there? Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is huge. So kind of, Walk us through the steps. Um, so obviously they come to you for this and you back them up and then let's walk through then the actual planning of the event um, and we'll kind of go from there. All righty. So what I do first with my clients uh, when they first come to me, we do a discovery call. Um, and so from there, I'm asking specific questions. So I'll kind of know what, what's on their mind and where they're going. And that's kind of where I start to build the strategy from. So once we get on the call, we do a 30 minute question and answer. Then it's kind of where we decide whether we are a good fit first off. You know, are we a good fit for one another before we start to plan this event? And so um, sometimes I find that we're not. And, and majority of the times we find that, yes, we can work together. And so once we start to do that, I start to ask them, you know, who do they, you know, want to invite to this? Is this for your target audience? Is this for the media, you know, per se? So what type of event are we planning? And then we go from there. Uh, whereas, yeah. let's start with your budget. Don't forget your budget because a lot of people start to plan, start to do things, and they don't have an overall budget. So I try to back them up to start off with how much you want to spend on this because you don't want to go broke. Especially if this is your first thing coming out of the gate, you do not want to go uh, broke with these events. So that's the first piece that we start with is how much money. And then we look at how many people you want to invite. You know, is it a large event and we want to go up to 200? Or if it's a small event, we want to start at 50. So that's one thing. And then we start to kind of start to piece everything together, whether it's the food or whether you're going to have, you know, a live DJ. We're kind of just kind of setting the stage of what you want your event to kind of look like. Yeah, totally. So then when it comes to the budget specifically, how do you have the realistic conversation with people um, and thinking that they can just have this like ravish event for like $100? <laughs> I'm sure it's not that drastic, but you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> I, um, realistically, I just start to pull prices for them. Um, I've worked with mm -hmm. a number of, you know, say caterers that um, already have some pre-planned menus. And so I, I start to show them those things. Um, mm -hmm. I start to pull the information of me going out and, you know, vetting some of the locations that I already have in my, you know, list. And I start to say, hey, this is what this is going to cost versus, you know, what this may cost. So then I, I start to show them some realistic, you know, prices to these things. And so right. that I think that, you know, once you give them some real life situations, <laughs> it kind of reels <laughs> yes. Real quick. <laughs> Love that. So then after all of that, kind of what are the, what's the kind of the next category of, of planning? The next camera is planning, how are you going to put it out there? You know, what are your visuals? What are your visuals going to look like on social media? Um, are we going to, you know, start to shoot some press releases out there? Because most times people forget about that. They think that, and even mm -hmm. um, 
I'm, I'm going to start out going to some of those that have been around for a while. You have a following, but just because you have a following doesn't mean those are going to be the people that's going to show up to your events. Those are two different people. You know, you might have your right. social media following, but those are not the people that are, you know, your target audience is going to show up. So that's some things I want to talk to them about. We need to start a marketing plan around this. What does that look like? And uh, for most people, me doing the event planning as well as doing PR and marketing are two different things. And most people don't realize that, you know, you can either hire me to do the event planning or you're going to hire me to do, you know, your PR and press around the event, or we can do both of them. Um, and so I try to try to let them know that these are two different uh, animals. And so most time, most people don't want to pay for the marketing piece because they feel like their visibility is going to help them. Um, and it doesn't always. <laughs> it right. does not always. So I would stress that you have some type of marketing strategy around your events. You know, how many times are you going to post through social media? Who are you going to connect with to start talking about these events? Once you start shooting your press releases out there, those type of things. So most things people don't think about when they are planning their event. Oh, I totally agree. I feel like, you know, people are all excited about the flowers or like the speaker that they're bringing in or the trainer or whoever else. And then it's like, how are people gonna know that your event even exists and exactly. blank stare <laughs> like <laughs> so it's like oh uh, yeah that's a whole that is a whole nother beast um you know you almost spend just as much time marketing if not more than you do on the actual event planning yeah and let me tell you one other thing most people don't start early enough um, they have this, this ideal about event planning. They have this ideal, you know, that they want to kick off or what have you, whether they're launching or whatever, but they didn't start early enough. And you can't start doing these things and say, put my event out in a month. It's not going to happen because the planning is taking place as well as you're trying to get people connected to what you're doing. So you want right. to make sure you're giving enough time to execute these events. Yep. 110%. Yeah. I I couldn't imagine doing the event in a month. I think I'd have a heart attack, but, um, but yeah, people, people think you just set up some tables and, and you go, um, and, and it's not quite, quite the same case. And, and a lot of times people, it takes a lot longer to get people to sign on to an event. And a lot of people are last minute buyers, um, when it comes to events, even events that you have to travel for, you know, um, I have people that have events all over the place and, as clients and they're like literally i got 60 percent of my client of my sales and sold out in the last week like literally the week before and some people are coming you know traveling and they're just like booking flights super late and that's just not how i do things and i'm like i know well that just tends to tends to be where where the sales are so are there ways that you suggest people market for their events to help boost kind of the urgency a little bit more early than just the fact that the event is coming up, if that makes sense. Yes, I understand what you're saying. Um, what I would tell people to do is start to think early about, say, early bird specials. Um, start mm. to put those out there first, because if people start to see the early bird specials and they see a time limit to it, they're probably going to buy within that time limit. Mm. You know, if you put it out there and you, and you give them this long, drawn-out time frame to be able to buy those things, right. They're going to stretch it out as long as they can until they get that ticket. Um, do some specials. So maybe some two-for-one specials also mm -hmm. um, to kind of kick it off. You know, do some things like that. Do, you know, some packaging to say, hey, if you buy a ticket by a certain time, you get a T-shirt. And so you start to maybe bring in some other people that you can partner with to give those T-shirts away. Or, you know, just some specific yeah. ideas, you know, some special things that you can put 
you know, in place to get some people, you know, out there early and make sure you're putting urgency behind that. So some type of time frame for them to sign up and give them some type of discount within that time frame. And then after that, you shoot those prices up and right. then whoever comes in at the last minute because they missed these specials, they're right. going to buy it anyway because they really want to be there because you got all these people before that, right. you know, attending this. I can't believe I got that great price for this event and they're going to be there. Yep. So, so true. I love that. So then after the marketing piece, is there anything else then uh, from there? I mean, you are marketing, you're talking about it. Also make sure if you're having, say, panels with your events, make sure they are spreading the word as well. Mm-hmm. You know, because they're going to uh, connect you to their audience, whether you're going to have the special guests and this panelists up there or whether you're going to have this certain, you know, person or media, you know, attention that's going to be there. They're going to, you know, connect to each ends of those and, you know, want to know about yeah. it. No, that, that is good. And I think people, you know, it, it's such low hanging fruit, you know, if you have somebody that's coming in to partner or whatever else, and why wouldn't you have them spreading the word because they're, they're, they've got skin in the game because obviously they want people to come in and listen to them as a panelist um, or if they're doing uh, something else, training or, or whatever else. So I think that really is low hanging fruit that people don't think about. Um, and, you know, as somebody that has been a panelist and all that stuff, you've got so many other things going on that like you aren't really thinking about that side. But of course, if somebody makes it easy and it's like, Hey, share the social media graphic or Hey, share this thing. It's like, okay, easy. Like let me just plop it into my scheduler and, or whatever, or I'll type it in the email and there you go. Um, so as, as somebody who has been on the panelist side of things, when people make it easy to, for me to share in like five minutes or less, then of course I'm going to share. Yes, exactly. And all you're doing is just making another graphic, you know, for that individual person, you know, yep. their picture on and just say, Hey, share this with your followers. They'll share it out. That'll great, you know, gain you some more attention around that event. Yeah. Yep. 110%. So Let's also talk about sponsorships a little bit um, while we're talking about money and sharing and all of that good stuff. Um, And I think that also is just something that you do really, really well. And and everyone that you work with is able to get some really um, stellar sponsorships. And so I'd love for you to touch on kind of how, how that looks, um, what your advice is for sponsorships, like, as far as the types of sponsors you might want to go after that you may not be thinking of for specific events, stuff like that. Alrighty. So around sponsorship, I mean, think of it a little differently because a lot of people, they try to go after the big names. Um, And so that's fine and dandy, but you have to have a little skin in the game to grab those big names. Um, So that's one thing. This is your first time doing this event it's probably gonna be a little hard to get, you know, say Ford to come on and sign on to your event and do something with you get, you know, say DET to back you, you know, per se, just some of those big names that, you know, are backing some people. So start to look at some of the smaller companies that are, that are maybe on the same level as your company kicking off that may Mm -hmm. be able to offer something to your event or offer something to your company. So think of it as more of a collaboration than it is a sponsorship. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is, you know, also, you, you're trying to go after dollars, but you're not going to always get the dollars. Um, and so maybe it is them coming in. And so maybe they are the ones that are checking in at the door and they are giving away something, um, you know, to your, yeah. that are, you know, signing up, something like that. Um, you know, a lot of times it's in kind. So maybe you go after a space that's, you know, just now opening, you are launching your event, say, hey, I have, you know, this new company, I really want to do, you know, my uh, launch event here, I know you are new, 
is there, you know, can I, you know, use this space and I will advertise your company's name as a sponsor on my flyer? You know, so start thinking of it like that. So start thinking of collaborations and partnerships. And I found a lot of times that's where we're getting it. And you don't think about it where that right there with that space, that space could have been somewhere between 500 to a thousand dollars, you know, for that night, you've gotten it free. You've knocked that bill off of, you know, and out of your budget. So you can put that money somewhere else. So you never think of it like that. A lot of people try to go after the big players, start to people that are on your level and look at it as more of a partnership and a collaboration and make sure it's something that you can offer them. Don't always go and ask them for something without in turn offering them, you know, something else. Are you going to share them on your social media? Are you going to do a, you know, blog specific post, you know, about their Mm -hmm. company? What can you offer them in exchange? So that's some things you want to think about when you are reaching out to sponsorships, make it beneficial. Yes. Yeah, a hundred percent. I know people are always just like, "Oh, Starbucks will pay me twenty grand for this event." Will they? I let me know how that goes. Uh, <laughs> let me know how that goes. Um, but I, I, I think it is uh, something you don't think about in the in the scheme of oh, like event space specifically. You're just kind of like, oh, of course you rent event space. Like it's just part of an event. But it it totally is. But there's so many businesses especially brick and mortars that like want people want walk track, like walk in traffic. So if you host an event there, people will know about you. People will come back, um, et cetera, et cetera. So I love that. Yeah. And don't be afraid to ask, you know, don't be afraid to follow up and say, Hey, I love your, you know, store. Uh, you, you know, have some items that would be, you know, favorable to, you know, my target audience. Let's collaborate on something because if you receive that note, go right to the next company. Right and ask them and, and make sure you're providing them with something. You're bringing in the target audience to be able to come in and purchase, you know, maybe in that store is something you can provide to them. Yeah, no, definitely. Kind of like all those sipping shops that like are going on right now where, you know, somebody's hosting an event at a store and you, you get 15% off if you come and buy during their event time and stuff like that, which I've totally bought things when I've gone and done that. So <laughs> I know that I am living proof of, of that working for the businesses or event spaces or whoever. So, so I think that's really good. Anything else prior to your event that you think, you know, some other, some other things that people are, are potentially missing um, when they're planning their events? That, are, that, that they're missing. Um, a lot of times they're trying to start from, from, you know, ground zero and they haven't pretty much thought a lot about, you know, what they are producing as far as a business. Um, so that's one thing I would say is to try to have everything together before you try to go out and just, you know, do an event. Event can come later. Uh, make sure you are, you have your business, you know, all together. You have, you know, your vision, your, you, you know, your mission, you have your social media together. You have, you know, if, if you have a team, you have your team all together. So you're able to produce the products because once you start that event, you never know where that's going to take you. People start to visually see what you have going on. You're going to have people call you. And so if you don't have your things in line and you're not ready to service um, your audience, then, you know, you're, you're going to be lost out there. Yeah. Um, so you want to make sure you do that before you get out there and, and start to move around in the space is what I would recommend. And start early. Don't, you know, try to do these things and say, hey, you know, in the next, you know, 30 days, I'm going to produce this event. No, you're not. <laughs> and no, it's going to be hard to basically find a location because people book up, you know, they start to think, you know, six months to a year, they already have, you know, things in place. A lot of people, if they do mm-hmm. an annual event, 
their things are booked right after they finish that next event. They know where they're going. They know, you know, so they're able to put those things out early. So that's one thing I want to, you know, tell people to start a little early. If you're thinking about sponsorships, sponsorships, they start to um, accept those proposals in, I would say, around the fall time. So September, October, this year it's coming up. So make sure you're starting to, to pitch to these companies and get your proposals in for your events that are going to happen in 2018. Don't wait till the last minute because if you're trying to hit them up next year, 2018, around, you know, March and April, they've already given their money away. You know, yep. so if you're trying to get some of those larger names, start early. Yeah, no, I, I totally, totally agree. And I think it's, it's always been interesting from uh, an attendee perspective, uh, you can always like tell when somebody has been very detail oriented and very um, thought past the point of just like, Oh, coming to an event. Like if you just come to an event and like you're here, but nothing's really happening or there wasn't like a welcome experience. or there wasn't an area to go to first or stuff like that. I think that really also from an attendee perspective really is like, Oh, they thought about this. Like there's a like process basically for me as an attendee um, to come in and enjoy their event. They thought about, Oh, I am going to be sweating. If I'm going to like an, a fitness event, they've thought about like having water and juice so that when I'm thirsty, I don't have to like, I don't know, crawl through <laughs> something and find water. Um, you know, just like those little small details um, that I think really can create awesome, awesome events. Oh yeah. And like what you're saying about the water, for instance, that is a great thing to have somebody to sponsor. You know, it might be small, but you can always have somebody put their brand on a water bottle, put it out for your attendees, and yeah. that is something that you can, you know, connect to and say that it was sponsored um, at your event and have that collaboration and that partnership. Um, hmm. Also, another thing I would say, like you said, coming in and having a welcome experience, always think about the experience from the side of your attendee coming into your event. What type of activations can they participate in coming in the door? Because you want them, nine times out of 10, there's going to be a lot of stuff going on when they come to the event. Right. Nine times out of 10, the event might not start on time. And a lot of people are going to show up early. That, those are some things that are going to happen for mm -hmm. your event. Get some uh, vendors involved, and they could be there basically selling their products. Um, they could have some type of cool picture booth there, um, or they could uh, be sponsoring some of your refreshment. Those are some things to do to think about partnerships and collaborations as well. And they turn into sponsorships, yeah. some of them, you know, so you can have some cool branding situations going on there with yeah. some other companies. I, I totally, totally agree. That's really cool. Are there any tools or um, software that you would suggest um, with the planning or um, like even Eventbrite, ticket sales, like just different software for people who are looking to do event stuff and what tools have helped you um, in your planning? Yeah, of course, like you mentioned, Eventbrite is perfect because it is a free source to be able to um, do the ticketing in. Um, so I do recommend um, doing Eventbrite and it, it sends mm -hmm. reminders right there. You're able to communicate yeah. with your attendees right there and send them reminders about when the event is coming up um, or just some, you know, some changes that may happen um, as well. When I'm planning and trying to keep um, things organized, I like to do um, things in Google Docs. That's, that's just my favorite. Yeah. And I love that because it travels with me wherever I log in, whether yeah. I'm on phone, whether I'm on my laptop, those documents can travel with me and then I can share them out. And so say if I'm working, you know, with a client or what have you, and it's something that I want them to see, I'm able to share out that information to them 
through a, a Google Doc to show them, hey, this is where we are. This is, you know, and then they can, you know, if they want to type something right into that, they're able to type right in there. It comes back to me and we're just, you know, making that exchange. So that, those are two things that I like to, you know, utilize and utilize heavily to keep everything organized. It's my Google Drive. That's my favorite. I know. I'm all about the Google Drive. <laughs> all about it. So I'm going to wrap up with a couple final questions. Uh, so what was your best financial investment in your business? Oh, man. Um, my best financial investment, I would say probably, hmm, oh, my goodness. Um, I'm going to tell you this, because we're, we're talking about sponsorships and partnerships. Mm -hmm. I want, I'm going to say my website. And even though I did financially invest in it, shouts out to uh, 20 and 3, um, they actually came in and she did my website for me. It was more of a partnership. Um, she came to me, wow. asked me for some help. Um, and then I was able to, you know, lend out and, and give that help as well as her have the experience to work on my website. So I would say probably building that partnership there and That's getting awesome. that for my website was my, you know, even though I didn't have to invest financially, it was, you know, time well spent working with her to get that done. Yeah, no, I, I love that. That's cool. And then what was your worst financial investment in business? Probably it's a couple of classes that I signed up for and I'm not going to specifically, it's not to say that the classes were bad. It was a right. fact that I didn't take the time to sit down and go through them. And so I would yep. probably speak twice before you start to invest in a lot of the master classes that are online, unless you're going to sit down and actually go through them. Totally. hundred percent. That's probably my, my biggest downfall this far. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm right there with you. Yeah. I used to just like, buy them all up because I'm like of course I'm gonna need an Instagram class and of course I'm gonna need this other class over here and I need to know all the things and it's like a lot of times those classes have a live component to where you should only invest in them if you can do the time right then because that's where the most value is is there's live coaching or there's something going on that is only happening during that time so if you wait six months or when the thing is over you know, the, the materials there, but how much of that investment are you going to get back? Exactly. And one thing I noticed that a lot of people are going to live events, especially mm -hmm. people that are on the online space, they're going live because it's, it's a lot of noise online right now. It's, it's such a good mix to have offline and online. And I think that a lot of people just want to do online only like, and wow, that totally works for a lot of people. I think there's something to be said about the live aspect and, and the offline aspect of business. And especially for you, your business is in your backyard. Like you are Dallas, like um, Dallas PR. And so it is, I think that there's something to be said when you can really own your backyard, then you have a lot more flexibility when you do want to expand and when you do want to scale on a larger aspect. Exactly. Yes, I agree. Yep, 100%. So where can people find you online? Give website, Facebook, Pinterest, Instagram, wherever you are. <laughs> um, well, I do spend a lot of my time on Instagram. And so I am on Instagram at the People's Voice PR. I also, uh, we have a website, thepeoplesvoicepr.com. Uh, we have a Facebook that is the People's Voice PR Agency. Um, and then I'm a little bit on Twitter. I'm, I'm trying to start the, the, the Twitter thing. I'm not heavily there, but we are there at the PPL Voice PR. So we are there as well. 
Yes. Nice. Yes. We're everywhere. I, I, I'm not on Twitter. I can't, I, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother beast over there. <laughs> That's for sure. So, well, thank you so much, Lacey, for coming on. And I love that you got to share some of your goodness with my, my folks and uh, I'm sure they'll be connecting and, and whatever else. So thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you so much for inviting me, Jordan. I had fun. listening to System Save Me. If you want to get the links to anything we talked about, go to systemsaveme.com. Have a wonderful week and I'll see you on the next episode.